0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through to Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at Psalm 78 where Asaph speaks a parable to teach future generations, so they won't be stubborn like their fathers. He recalls God's kindness and Israel's rebellion. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. The German philosopher George Wilhelm
0: Friedrich Hegel said, The one thing we learn from history is that we don't learn from history. Now in Psalm 78, Asaph gives us a history lesson. And the purpose is to help future generations of God's people to learn from the mistakes of the past and to inherit God's blessings promised to the faithful. Speaking of these same experiences of the children of Israel in the wilderness, the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10-11, Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Now bring these things up because not everybody understands the value of Old Testament stories and yet they have been given to us so that we may know God and not make the same mistakes as people in the past made. Psalm 78 is a contemplation of Asaph. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. So Asaph gives the reason for this psalm. It's a long psalm, but he's saying, listen, I'm going to tell you a parable. This is very important because parables, which are pretty much stories, tell us a lot And we tend to listen to stories and we learn from stories and sometimes we can learn more from a story than we just learn if we're told plainly. And so Asaph is saying, I'm going to rehearse the stories of Israel for you. Now it's interesting because of course Jesus told many parables and Matthew in his gospel actually quoted Psalm 78 2 and applied it to Jesus. He said all these things Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables and without a parable he did not speak to them that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. So Jesus also used parables many of them to teach lessons. Verse 4 we will not hide them from their children. Telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done for he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments and may not be like their fathers stubborn and rebellious generation a generation that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God so he said we're not going to hide these things from our children now we used to have an academy a christian private school and I would teach chapel there and I had a number of children And we went through the Old Testament together, and I had that decision to make, how much of this do I actually share with the children? I mean, there are some stories that are pretty explicit. And yet, I wanted to take them through the stories. And even though they can be violent, you know, of course, you have to tone it down in some ways for the audience that you have. uh, But I thought it was important that they understood these stories. And that's what Asaph is saying. These were given so that we can pass them on to our children. We're not going to hide them from them. And so we repeat the praises of the Lord because of his strength and wondrous works. Now Asaph said God established his law in Israel. Of all of the nations he could have chosen, he chose Israel to bring forth his righteous law, a law unlike any other nation ever had, that if they would keep his commandments, they would prosper. And God gave them the law and told them that they are to repeat these things to their children so that their children might also set their hope in God and keep his commandments. And you know, we are to do the same thing. I am now a grandfather, okay? And we happen to be living with Uh, our daughter and son-in-law right now we're between homes. And so I have this opportunity to share Bible stories with my grandsons and they are so quick to remind me, Papa, are we going to have Bible story tonight? You know? And so uh, it's been pretty cool and I can share these things with them, but it reminds me of my own grandparents who were very influential in my own life, uh, in my faith. And so this is what we are to do. We are to pass this on from generation to generation. And you think, you know, who was it that shared their faith with you? Probably very likely it was maybe parents or grandparents or a friend. But the idea here is that we are to share these things with the next generation. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law and forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. So a brief history of Ephraim. You'll recall that Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Jacob adopted his two grandsons uh, and made them his own. And therefore, there became 13 tribes in Israel. And that was important because then when they divided the land, It went to 12 of the tribes, and then the 13th tribe, the tribe of Levi, the Lord was their inheritance, so they didn't get an inheritance of the land in Israel. But from the tribe of Ephraim came Joshua, who was the conqueror, to bring them into the promised land, and yet it says in Joshua 16.10 that the Ephraimites did not drive out the Canaanites who dwelt in Gezer, but the Canaanites dwelt among them, and they became forced to. So Ephraim did not obey the Lord. God told them to utterly destroy the Canaanites. They didn't. They made a peace pact with them. They made them servants, but they didn't obey the Lord. And that gives us the reason why God would choose Judah over Ephraim. The nation would be divided. The north would be called Ephraim. The south would be called Judah. But God would choose Judah, the southern kingdom, from whom the Messiah would come. Verse 12, marvelous things God did in the sight of their fathers, in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the waters stand up like a heap. In the daytime also he led them with the cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. He split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink in abundance like the depths. He also brought streams out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. Asaph says there were marvelous things that God did in the land of Egypt. He first, after they left Egypt, God parted the Red Sea for them so that they crossed on dry ground. And then he led them with the cloudy pillar by day and the fiery pillar by night. And when they didn't have any water, God told Moses to strike the rock and water came out for them in the desert. So all of these wondrous works God did to prove that he was with them. But they sinned even more against him by rebelling against the Most High in the wilderness. And they tested God in their hearts by asking for the food of their fancy. Yes, they spoke against God and said Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Behold, he struck the rock so that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide meat for his people? So we see that 10 times in the wilderness, the children of Israel tested God. And one of those times was here their lust for meat. OK, now, not only had God provided water for them in the desert, but when they were hungry, he provided the manna from heaven that came down to feed them. And yet that wasn't enough. They began to lust for the garlic and the leeks and the flesh pots of Egypt. And they complained to Moses and God said, OK, I will give them meat. But then they said, can God really prepare a table in the wilderness? And so they didn't believe God. Therefore, the Lord heard this and was furious. So a fire was kindled against Jacob and anger also came up against Israel because they did not believe in God and did not trust in his salvation. Yet he had commanded the clouds above and opened the doors of heaven, had rained down manna on them to eat and given them the bread of heaven. Men ate angels food. He sent them food to the full. So God became furious with them because of their unbelief. And that is the thing that will grieve God most of all is when we do not trust him. He caused an east wind to blow in the heavens and by his power, he brought in the south wind. He also rained meat on them like the dust, feathered fowl like the sand of the seas, and he let them fall in the midst of their camp all around their dwelling. So God brought... An abundance of quail to them. So they had so much meat, more than they could ever want, and there were quail everywhere. So they ate and were well filled, for he gave them their own desire. But here's the problem with any lustful desire. You lust for it and you think, oh, if I just had that. And yet when you get it, you're not satisfied. But while the food was still in their mouths, the wrath of God came against them and slew the stoutest of them and struck down the choice men of Israel. So they got what they wanted, but then they got what they didn't want, which was the fury of God who struck down their choice men and many of them died as a result. In spite of this, they still sinned and did not believe in his wondrous works therefore their days he consumed in futility and their years in fear so you would think that they would have learned their lesson but when they came to Kadesh Barnea the entry point to the promised land god told them to go into the land they scouted it out they determined there were giants there and the the scouts turned the hearts of the people away from the lord away from believing in god And because of their unbelief, God said, okay, here's the deal. You think I'm going to take you in there and have your children die in the promised land? This is what's going to happen. Everybody that's 20 years old and over is going to die in the wilderness over the next 40 years. And your children will go in and receive the promised land. So all of these things, just their stubborn unbelief that kept them out of the promised land that Cause problems in their nation. Asaph is rehearsing for future generations and for us so that we may learn from their example, not repeat their mistakes, but put our hope
1: completely in the Lord. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow we'll conclude Psalm 78 where Asaph rehearses the history of Israel. They sought the Lord, and after He delivered them, they turned away from Him. Still, He was gracious to them. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.